short to take the ball low, and this year I'm about to be blunt with my tone. That's what we're all going to do, is be blunt. I'm joined by Riley Cote, former NHL player. Yes. And Marvin Washington, former National Football League player. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of cannabinoids in sports. Well, for me, it, it, it hits home because I want it to be an alternative to the opiates that uh, football players start taking as, as early as, as high school, and then they get in an opiate regimen or routine in, in, in college, and then by the time they get to the NFL, it's candy. Uh, yeah, it's candy. And then you take guys, whether their career is three or four years or five years or 11 years like mine, and if you're on that opiate regimen from July to 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 January, February, it's hard to cut off. And so the NFL has two issues. It has the head issues with CTE, but the other issue they have is opiate addiction of the former players. There's 20,000 of us. We're four times more likely to abuse opiates in general society, but we know what's happening with general society with opiates. And but boy, we really gotta gotta hit home when it comes to professional athletes because, you know, opioids are the regimen of choice for the doctors. You have doctors who are being yelled at by the coaches, I need him back on the field, and give him another pill. Give him another pill. Give him another pill. I mean, so for anybody to question why you have been addicted, I mean, what was your experience like? Randy, what was yours? Yeah, well, I've seen the dark side of, uh, of the sports industry, well, just the way they manage pain and, and the daily grind of uh, sports performance. So that was really the reason I got into the cannabis space is my personal experience with cannabis and how it helped me while I was playing as well as when I transitioned to the, you know, the real world. But uh, seeing my fellow colleagues and, and peers struggle with substance abuse, whether it's an opioid or alcohol or sleeping pill for that matter, uh, it, it's real. And uh, like you said, uh, this is what's passed on to the players from the, the medical staff it, it is an opioid or a sleeping pill or muscle relaxer. So we want to change that model. Uh, to cannabinoids. I mean, we, we see that they can help with the recovery process on so many different levels, and we're just going to keep this conversation going through the sports platform. I recently did a show with uh, Dr. Oz and with some doctors from, you know, multiple universities in the, in the New York area that have now clearly stated that they see cannabinoids as an exit drug to opioid addiction. Has that been your experience? Uh, it, it's coming around. You know, we still have to keep educating because when we speaking at these conferences or speaking amongst each other, we're preaching to the choir. Sure. Only 10% of the country knows the difference between THC and CBD, and we have to keep hammering and, and telling our friends and, and professions and getting into universities because there's no medical school to teach you about the endocannabinoid system. There's no medical school that teaches that a cannabinoid is a neuroprotectant and an antioxidant for the brain in relationship to concussion. So we got to keep this thing going. Uh, it started in 2014 with Colorado and Oregon coming on board, that was five years ago. That's like the Wright brothers <coughs> taking off the kitty hop. Sure, still pushing that wooden plane down the hill. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, you know, when you speak to other athletes, though, are you starting to get a sense that they're starting to understand? Yeah, they are. And, you know, going back to when I was playing, uh, a lot of guys just use dry flower cannabis without any manual or, you know, information science. And now there's a whole other world of cannabinoid therapies and products. So. Information education is out there, so these these athletes are spending a lot of time and resources in recovery and staying healthy and, and you know, long-term preventing injuries. So they're leaning on these you know non-intoxicating cannabinoids like CBD and the rest of them. But uh, you know I, I would like to think that most athletes are on some sort of cannabis-based product 
you know, with one shape or another. Especially when it comes to contact sports. I've been seeing myself recently around the country, especially guys who are in MMA, boxers, and mm-hmm. others, yep. are actually using cannabis a lot in between their fights and between their training yep. because they recognize there's a neuroprotective quality and neuroprotective capability among cannabis. But it also helps out with pain management. Sure. And like Riley and I, you know, he's a little younger than I am. But, you know, these guys have all the information at the, at the end of their fingertips. Sure. And they are educated. I was with a couple of professional football players back, back in December, and I wanted to give them some CBD. They already had my product. Okay. Guys are looking to, for an alternative that doesn't have a long-term effect on their health, that's non-toxic, non-addictive. It's going to do the same thing as uh, Indocin. It's going to do the same thing as a Percocet. It's going to do the same thing as the benzodiazepines that they give you. You know, Because we recognize that all those that you just named were never meant to be long-term pain-relieving agents. Never meant to be, never studied for. There's no research that backs it up. Yet, we live in a country and in a society where doctors will promote the use of that and then turn around and claim that cannabis hasn't been tested. Oh, yeah. And let me say this with with, with, with the the pain pills and things like that. If I break my finger or break my leg or anything, yeah, I'm going to want a pain pill, you know, for acute pain. But over... Uh, two weeks, three weeks, a month, you know, four months, five months, there's no way in heck they should be doing this. And we just want to get the players an alternative, a natural alternative that uh, is going to do the same thing that the opiates are doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, you're on the board of a really, I think, exciting organization. It's called Athletes for Care. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it's an organization that we started. Raleigh's on the board, also one of the co-founders. And we started out about three and a half, four years ago because we didn't have a dedicated marketplace for athletes that were coming in. And at that time, there was a handful of us, but we want, we wanted to, we knew that there was going to be strength in numbers. So we wanted to have a place where athletes can come, get educated about this plant and what it does for the body, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And I think we started with a handful, and now we have over 100, 150 from, you know, from all the four major leagues to rugby players to distance runners to, um, skateboarders and everybody. So now they know there's a place for them to come and get educated and learn about, you know, the medicinal benefits of this wonderful plant. Why don't you go to give us a direct plug? Where does people go to find out more information? Yeah, it's athletesforcare.org. Uh, you can learn more. We have about a bunch of layers to our company, uh, just really uh, the immediate healing tool of cannabis, but uh, opportunity as it creates opportunity, investment opportunity. But uh, the, big, the big thing we want to stress is that this is selfishly about athletes. This is for the better good of all people. So using the, the sports platform to engage in research initiatives and uh, spread the gospel. Thank you guys so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.